I'm Samantha Sheris, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Friday, September 15th. Here are today's headlines. The United Auto Workers Union is officially on strike against Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. CNN reports that the workers walked out of three plants, one from each of the big three automakers, in Missouri, Michigan, and Ohio. Less than 13,000 of the union's 145,000 members walked off the job, CNN also reported. The UAW union, according to the Associated Press, is seeking big raises and better benefits from GM, Ford, and Stellantis, and they want to get back concessions that the workers made years ago, when the companies were in financial trouble. President Joe Biden weighed in on the strike earlier today. Let's take a listen to some of his comments via NBC News' YouTube. Let's be clear. No one wants a strike. Say it again. No one wants a strike. But I respect the workers' right to use their options under the collective bargaining system. And I understand the workers' frustration. Over generations, auto workers sacrificed so much to keep the industry alive and strong, especially through the economic crisis and the pandemic. Workers deserve a fair share of the benefits they help create for an enterprise. I do appreciate that the parties have been working around the clock. When I first called them at the very first day of the negotiations, I said, please stay at the table as long as you can to try to work this out. And they've been around the clock and the companies have made some significant offers. But I believe they should go further to ensure record corporate profits mean record contracts for the UAW. Let me say that again. Record corporate profits, which they have, should be shared by record contracts for the UAW. And just as we're building an economy of the future, we need labor agreements for the future. It's my hope that the parties can return to the negotiation table to forge a win-win agreement. To continue our active engagement, I'm I'm dispatching two members of my team to Detroit, Acting Labor Secretary Julie Hsu and White House Senior Advisor Gene Sperling, both of whom have been involved up to now, to offer their full support for the parties in reaching a contract. The bottom line is that auto workers help create America's middle class. They deserve a contract that sustains them in the middle class. Rachel Gressler, research fellow in economics, budget, and entitlements at the Heritage Foundation, recently wrote for the Daily Signal that the union is demanding a 32-hour work week for which workers would receive 40 hours of pay. That's like paying for five days' worth of groceries but receiving only four days of food. Gressler also notes in the piece the union should focus on the education and innovation necessary to help automakers compete so that they can open new factories instead of shuttering existing ones. We will, of course, keep you updated on the status of the strike. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee is taking a closer look into FEMA's response to the catastrophic wildfires in Hawaii last month. In a letter to FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and Republican Texas Representative Pete Sessions said, to ensure locals are receiving the assistance they need, and taxpayer dollars being used effectively, the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability is taking action and seeking information from FEMA on all ongoing recovery efforts in Maui. The letter also said, The Oversight Committee has a responsibility to ensure FEMA is utilizing every tool at their disposal efficiently 
and will work to ensure FEMA delivers assistance in a seamless, swift time frame. Sessions said in a Friday tweet, a swift and coordinated federal disaster relief effort is crucial in addressing the Lahaina wildfires. Working alongside Representative James Comer and fellow oversight members, we are committed to ensure that FEMA delivers prompt and transparent assistance. The New York Times reported this week that there have been 115 confirmed deaths and that Maui County has publicly identified 63 people after notifying their families. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy did not hold back on Thursday when an Associated Press reporter implied the California Republican had launched the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden without evidence. Let's take a listen to that exchange via Arthur Schwartz's Twitter. What impeachment inquiry is to do is to get answers to questions. Are you concerned about all the stuff that was just recently learned? Do you have any concern? Have you asked the White House any questions? Yes. Okay. Do you agree that, do you believe the president lied to the American public when he said he'd never talked to his son about business dealings? Yes or no? It's all right. I can't answer that. You, you can't answer that? Do you believe when they said the president went on conference calls? Do you believe that happened? That's what the testimony says. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe the president went to Cafe Milano and had dinner with the, with the clients of Hunter Biden, who believes he got those clients because he was selling the brand? That's what the testimony okay. says. Okay. Do you believe Hunter Biden, when you saw the video of him driving a Porsche, that he got $143,000 to buy that Porsche the next day? Do you believe that $3 million from the Russian oligarch that was transferred to the shell companies that the Bidens controlled after the dinner from Cafe Milano took place? So the testimony. Okay, then I go back. Do you think the president lied that he... But is that an impeachable, is lying an impeachable? Well, you want want to know, I'm not saying impeachment. All I'm saying is I would like to know, answer these questions. The American public ought to know, and that's what impeachment inquiry provides. A spokesperson for the Associated Press told Fox News Digital that the Associated Press stands by reporter Farnoosh Amiri, an established and respected journalist covering the U.S. Congress. As you'll recall from earlier this week, our colleague Fred Lucas reported that McCarthy authorized the House of Representatives to move forward on an impeachment inquiry into Biden based on what Republicans have categorized as Biden family influence peddling. President Biden is in hot water after making comments about Hispanic and African-American workers. While speaking about Bidenomics at Prince George's Community College in Largo, Maryland on Thursday, the president said, We've created 13.4 million new jobs. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. The president went on to say, we've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, the workers without high school diplomas, the lowest unemployment rate in 70 years for women now. Utah Republican Representative Burgess Owens reacted to Biden's comments, saying, another day, another racist comment from Biden. Crickets from the mainstream media. Also on Thursday, the president said, according to the New York Post, that he was raised in the synagogues of Delaware after previously claiming to have been raised by the state's then-tiny Puerto Rican community. The New York Post analyzed Biden's memoirs and found scant references to synagogues and the Jewish community. And for our last story today, the Associated Press is reporting that three men were found not guilty today of providing support for a terrorist act and a weapon charge 
in connection with a plot to kidnap to kidnap Michigan Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer. AP also reports that William Knoll, his brother Michael Knoll, and Eric Molitor were accused of supporting leaders of the plan by participating in military-style drills and traveling to see Whitmer's vacation home in northern Michigan. The Washington Examiner reported that nine of the 14 defendants have been convicted, with Adam Fox, the man authorities identified as the leader of the criminal conspiracy, sentenced to 16 years behind bars. Co-leader Barry Croft was given a 19-year sentence for possessing an unregistered explosive. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't had a chance, make sure you check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us on Monday for the Daily Signal interview edition. I'll be sitting down with Steve Bradbury, a distinguished fellow here at the Heritage Foundation, to discuss three cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back with you all on Monday morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.